0: Hey guys, I'm Adam Rappaport and this is the Bon Appetit Foodcast. All right, we are gearing up for our live show this evening at the Bell House in Brooklyn. So this week we've got a super short and sweet episode for you. Uh, I chat with assistant food editor Sola L. whaley about the queso recipe. She developed just in time for the Super Bowl this Sunday. And then after that, it's Alex Beggs once again with Cook, Mary Kill. Here we go. Sola, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Happy to be here.
0: All right. Uh, We're going to get right to it. First question. All right. This is an important one. Chiefs or Niners?
1: Oh, I don't don't know anything about the Super Bowl.
0: You know queso.
1: I know it's football.
0: (laughs) That's a start. Okay. But you know queso.
1: But I know queso. All
0: right. Let's talk about your queso journey because queso liquid cheesy dip spend time in texas you can't not love queso but as you discover during your recipe development journey queso is not always so easy to make
1: well it's complicated (laughs) i guess it could be easy to make if you want it to be but i guess we didn't
0: i feel like that's some life advice right there
1: (laughs) well so the average queso is felveeta It's just like you microwave some Velveeta, stir in some salsa. Like, I feel like there's been commercials. Have you seen the commercials? On the Super Bowl? No. (laughs) But there used to be commercials like back in the days, you know, in the 90s, um, where you would melt, uh, you just mix together some chopped Velveeta and a can of paste picante, and you you make queso. So it can be as simple as you want, um, but we wanted to do something a little bit more interesting than that. A little, like, give you some more textural interest, some more... Some depth. Some depth. Um, so it, I, I went on a long queso journey. So, yeah, so I don't know. So where did you
0: start? Because I've made queso before with not successful results. So I want, I'm curious to where you started and then where uh-huh. you ended up.
1: Well, I started with what I thought would be the ideal queso, which for me turned out to be fondue. <laughs> I, I did, like, a fondue method, uh, adding a little bit of cheese at a time to a cream base.
0: What kind of cheese?
1: Originally I started with cheddar and Jack, but like, you know, like fondue, you have wine and then you add a little bit of cheese and you Mm -hmm. stir and you stir and the tartaric acid in the wine helps the cheese emulsify. Okay. So I thought I could mimic that by adding some vinegar from the pickling liquid of um, jalapenos. Sounds good. And I liked it, but a lot of people didn't because it was fondue. It was like queso flavored fondue.
0: Well, I think I came down at one of those points yeah, and
1: I think so. <laughs>
0: texturally, it was off.
1: Well, it 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 was like stretchy. Yeah, it was like thick, clung to the chip. It was fondue. I enjoyed it, but I want to make as many people as ha- ha- as many people as yeah. possible happy. So went back to the drawing board. Tried a bechamel base. That's actually ba's ba's queso c- recipe is a bechamel base.
0: And a bechamel. Explain a bechamel base for those who are not didn't go to cooking school or
1: something. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) So a bechamel base is when you start by melting some fat, usually butter, until it's like foamy. You stir in flour. You whisk that together until the flour just like gets barely golden. You're just trying to toast it a little bit and then you stream in milk, cook that until it's thickened. That's like the base for mac and cheese. You put cheese in that, that's mac and cheese. Mm. um, Mornay and apparently queso. I have a personal problem Mm. with bechamel. Wait, what's, what's up with that? What, you got a just, problem with bechamel? Yeah, I hate bechamel, so I was really reluctant to make this. What
0: do you mean you hate bechamel? Are you, are you saying you hate mac and cheese?
1: I hate mac and cheese made with bechamel.
0: Interesting.
1: I don't like bechamel. I feel like flour is like a flavor thief, mm. you know, it kind of dulls the flavor of the cheese. Just
0: inherently bland.
1: Yeah, well, and also what I ended up going with was cornstarch, which is three times the thickening power of flour, so you can use a lot less starch. So your flavor of your cheese comes through. I feel like it's cleaner when you don't use flour to thicken things. I
0: like Um, that. So how do you make this, I guess it's called, is it actually called, well, you have like a bunch of titles on here, Stupid Simple Queso, Queso for Dummies, a Queso even the Soberly Challenge can make. Which which headline are we going with?
1: I like the last one, but I don't (laughs) think that's going (laughs) to fly.
0: I think it's Super Bowl appropriate.
1: It feels appropriate. You want to make it in the middle of the Super Bowl when you've run out of snacks. So yeah, I tried, I went down the bechamel path. I wasn't happy with that. So then I decided to come into the middle, find something that we could all like, um, and that's how, how we got this queso. So the base of this queso is milk, thickened with a little bit of cornstarch. The cornstarch helps give the sauce body, but also keeps the cheese from breaking.
0: So when you're combining the milk and cornstarch, are you doing that over heat?
1: Yeah, well, oh, should I start from the top? The whole procedure? Yeah, let's start from the top. Okay, well, you sweat some onions and garlic and butter.
0: That sounds good.
1: And then you add some milk, bring it to a simmer, and then you reserve a quarter cup of the total volume of milk that's going to go in there and whisk that up with a little bit of cornstarch.
0: Is the milk warm or room temp at this point? It can be cold at that point. Yeah,
1: the main thing with cornstarch is you want to... Mix it separately because oh. if you add it directly to the liquid, gotcha. it'll clump. Yeah, you can just do it in a jar and shake it up. That's fine too. And then that goes in, and then the whole thing comes to a boil. It needs to boil for a full minute to make sure that the starches have hydrated. And then that is the queso base. Okay, I you like get that. like a thick, saucy thing that that doesn't like taste like flour.
0: I it's like that. And, nice and, and, and clean. you the onions, the garlic. You've got a little salt. You got a little cayenne in there.
1: Little cayenne, little cumin. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and something, then, something,
1: Well, So, it already tastes good before you even add the cheese.
0: Okay. And so, cheese-wise, uh-huh. a lot of cheeses out there. How did you decide upon what you're going
1: with? I didn't want to use American, but I ended up doing a blend of American and Jack because the American brought that, like, Velveeta-y. I'm
0: going to jump in here. I think uh-huh. with queso... <laughs> I think you got to add someone to use the word homogenous. Like, there's a certain consistency to it. Like against, an
1: unnatural smoothness. Yes. Like Borderline normal, plastic. Normal
0: cheeses, melted cheese, they kind of separate. There's yep. the fat separate, It yep. gets gooey. Mm-hmm. Queso stays the same throughout. There's a yep. consistent, glossy sauciness to it yep, yep. that just stays that way that sort of defies science.
1: Yeah, definitely. So we had to bring the American cheese in to do that for us. Cheese product. Cheese product, Yeah yeah do you like american cheese
0: i mean i love american cheese for a cheeseburger i guess i like it for queso Mm -hmm.
1: no i love american cheese in concept like i think it's a really smart thing do you know the story of american cheese
0: if you can do it quickly okay okay
1: so there was a cheese guy american this was like in i think 10s or 20s 1910s or 20s, he had a cheese shop, and then he had all the little ends of cheese that no one really wanted to buy. So he found out that he can melt these things together, add sodium citrate, with which is the naturally occurring salt of citric acid, and it helps the proteins from like coagulating. It's what like it like reconfigures the protein structure of all of the cheeses, so they like link up, they stay smooth. When it melts, you can like melt and remelt, and um, he found a way to like use make money off of his scraps of cheese.
0: I would invite you to fact check uh, Solo, but that, that sounds interesting, <laughs> but and like, it makes sense.
1: It's really cool, and you can easily make your own really good, high-quality American cheese blending cheeses you like with some sodium citrate.
0: Or, short of that, you can go to the local grocery store, and you can buy yourself eight ounces of American cheese. One thing I think is interesting <laughs> In the recipe, you call for eight ounces of American cheese and eight ounces of Monterey Jack. So you're sort of yeah, hydrating okay, there. Yeah,
1: so that's where I brought in. I put the American cheese in there for like the queso purists. And then the, what the Jack brings to the pot, party is like a, a more dynamic texture. You get a little bit of that stretch pull from fondue.
0: And a little bit of tang in the cheese itself, whereas yeah, yeah. American cheese flavor-wise isn't going to deliver that. One thing I thought was interesting. You said using a box grater, coarsely grate the American and Monterey Jack cheeses. I think most people are probably just going to buy cheese singles. Or rip up your
1: singles. Yeah, or rip up your singles. If you happen
0: to be at a deli where you can just get a big chunk of American cheese, you can go ahead and do that. But Mm -hmm. it's fine just to chop up or rip up singles, right? Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then this queso is like a nice, I feel like it made everyone happy because you got the saucy glossy from the American cheese, some stretch from the Jack, and then since we're not using flour, it's just like a real clean cheese taste.
0: And then what I also like, then talk to me about the jalapenos.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I finish it with a little bit of um, pickling liquid and diced pickled jalapenos because it just like perks it up a and little and bit. Does
0: that does that not affect the chemical consistency of the cheese? It doesn't separate it or anything. I You've
1: thought p- that it would uh-huh. help the way that tartaric acid does, but it does not.
0: It doesn't do one thing or another.
1: No, it didn't seem to because it just kind of breaks the milk. So, so
0: it, another thing, like so, this is a great base, um, and if you want to <laughs> add a spoon a little salsa in there, you can. Yeah. I imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, I know like in, in Austin where I just was, I had, I almost want to say I had queso like three times like in a 24-hour period. I was at June's all day. I was at Torchy's Tacos with Marlin, And I think we ended up at Pool Bar and also had some queso. More than I recommend eating in a 24-hour period. But a lot of time there, they'll do like the ground beef in the bowl of queso. Oh, yeah. And you can
1: start here and go crazy.
0: A dollop of guacamole on there. This is, like queso the, bowl. this is like a swimming pool you can then bring a lot of toys into the pool uh-huh. with the queso
1: yeah yeah for sure like you, queso nacho like why put it on the chips just construct all your toppings in the queso
0: oh yeah exactly you just get a dip so i we, and you say serve with the thickest tortilla chips money can buy
1: yes well we tried a lot of different chips in our queso testing process and and it just feels, you just feel fancier if you get a nice luxurious chip.
0: <laughs> do you ever think that I have a, when I say I, I mean you, do you uh-huh. ever think, quote unquote, I have a ridiculous job? Oh, yeah. Like this is literally your job to be doing a queso tasting sort of scientific process. No,
1: I mean, it doesn't make any sense. But here we are. And, we'll and, re, and we're today. happy about it. <laughs> this, surrounded by padded walls.
0: <laughs> I'm going to make I'm gonna make this recipe for the Super Bowl. Oh, so the, the final question is I've, I've made queso for the Super Bowl. With mediocre results, the biggest challenge is if you're trying to make a more real, I mean, I shouldn't say real, but like interesting queso with interesting cheeses, if you don't have the Bunsen burner, if you're not, Bunsen burner, it's like a women's physics class or whatever, but if you don't have the little sterno underneath it, if it's Uh not hot, it immediately turns solid or whatever. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How does this do once it's off the stove?
1: Well, since we have that little bit of American cheese, it's like a nice safety net sure you can kind of mess around with the second cheese if you don't want to use jack go ahead and use cheddar use a plus the american cheese is giving us plenty of stability backed up with that cornstarch
0: so it's like it doesn't need to necessarily stay warm it's i mean if it does that could be kind of cool yeah i
1: ate it cold the other day at the photo shoot and it was great
0: and it, and, it and it holds its holds consistency pretty well smooth that's texture. awesome and yeah. then you just want to have a sturdy enough chip so the chips don't break off in the queso
1: uh, i don't think it'll break off i just like thick chips. <laughs>
0: All right, you can find Sola's simple queso, queso for dummies, a queso even the Soberly Challenge can make on Basically right now at eatbasically.com. Thanks, Sola.
2: (laughs) Thanks. Hi, this is Alex Beggs, and here's Cook Mary Kill. Cook, I made BA's best banana bread last weekend, and it lived up to its name. It is the best. It calls for four overripe bananas. I only had three. It was not the end of the world. And I swapped a fourth cup of AP flour with almond flour for fun, because that's what I do for fun. And then I made it into muffins, which cut the cook time to 30 minutes instead of an hour. They turned out so moist and banana-y. Would make again. Find the recipe, which is called BA's Best Banana Bread, at bonappetit.com. Mary I got a wonderful Christmas present this year, a 10-pound box of OHI tangerines that just arrived last week. There are three varieties of tangerines in the box, and they're all adorable and incredibly sweet and yes, they're marriage material. I was bragging about them so much that a few of my coworkers joined forces and bought their own box, so now we're all walking around with fragrant orange hands and vitamin C glows. If you're too late to order them, Google Ohai Tangerines. Instead, you can shell out $2 for sumo oranges, which I spotted at Trader Joe's this weekend. They really look like boobs, don't they? The peel on these giant oranges is super thick, which makes it easy to peel off, and inside is this candy-like, juicy fruit. This is Stata Citrus, and I fully realize how bougie and ridiculous it is, but I do not care. Kill! I want to kill the overwhelming amount of apocalypse-ready foods that are taking over our snack aisles. I had a rant about this on bonappetit.com this week. After everywhere I turned, I saw new varieties of jerky, dehydrated cheeses, rolled up seaweed log thingies, superfood chia pouches, protein cookies, and kale puffs. These are foods for hiking and underground bunkers, not just sitting around your desk sending emails. My didn't-go-to-grad-school theory is that the rise in these snacks is a combination of our increasingly stressed-out, overextended workforce, combined with our obsession with foods that have health halos. You probably don't need any extra protein in your diet, let alone a protein cookie. But I'll admit, I do like the squeaky little cubes of moon cheese, and my healthiest colleagues wrote about the zesty thyme mushroom jerky. We can't resist them. However, I want to kill the idea that a snack food is going to save me from burnout. Maybe instead of a pallet of peanut butter pouches, you just need a vacation. The Bon Appetit Foodcast is produced and edited by Emma Wartzman, with additional programming help from Carrie Polis and Elise Inamine. Our theme music is by Nathaniel Wartzman. We have new episodes every Wednesday, and if you want to reach out to us about this episode or any other episode, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.